0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. I'm your host, David. And today I have Karen Knight on the show. Allow me to introduce her. Karen is a consultant, volunteer leadership expert, and professional speaker. As district director of Toastmasters International, Karen oversaw a budget of a quarter million dollars with 20 leaders directly reporting to her, and then another 80 or so underneath there all volunteers. Karen currently serves as the vice president of the board of directors of the Canloops Therapeutic Riding Association. That's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, She used her 25 plus years of experience as a leader and mentor in the nonprofit sector to develop a proprietary framework for turning volunteers into an enthusiastic, reliable, and committed team. Sounds so amazing. Karen, thank you so much for joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, David. And we usually call it KTR. It just makes it so much easier.
0: (laughs) KTR. Awesome. Big shout out. All right. Um, How's it going today? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. And it's so much fun to be on here.
0: (laughs) Happy to have you. Absolutely. Um, So if you're ready, let's dive in and uh, and we'll jump in. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, how did you get involved in the nonprofit uh, field?
1: It went from a long time ago. I've been I've volunteered since I was a child. I've been uh, with Toastmasters. That's a, a volunteer-run organization. So I've been involved in that for twenty-five plus years. Uh, I've been on served on boards of directors. I've done all this sort of thing, but my trade was that of a cabinet maker. And I build kitchen and bathroom cabinets and things like that. But uh, a while ago, I, I had a bit of an epiphany, if you like, and and thought this isn't what I want to do with my life. I my job is not to make rich people's houses fancier. I want to go out and make a difference in the world. And so I thought, well, with all my experience with working with volunteers, this this would be the thing to do. So I started up, and now I'm. I'm I'm a business owner.
0: That's amazing. It, it's always great to and I think this is why a lot of people work in nonprofits, not necessarily even just volunteer, but as as their career, they work in nonprofits to to give back and to feel good and to and to know that you're making a difference.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just adds so much more purpose to your life.
0: Absolutely. Great. So, so going on from there, um, you know, this is a non- this is the nonprofit digital success podcast. Uh, so, how would you use or recommend uh, your clients to use uh, forms of technology
1: around volunteering? There's there's a few different things. First of all, there's there's dozens of marketing tool or not marketing tools, but um, management tools out there. Kela, Better Impact, all of these programs that can help you schedule your volunteers and track their hours and all the rest of that and those are, are can be really popular but no matter what program you use or don't use keeping track of your the of volunteers hours and shifts and things like that is is essential and the easiest way if nothing else put it on an excel spreadsheet so that you can keep track of everything so that's one way another thing is any, volunteer or volunteer run organization or organization that uses a lot of volunteers needs to be on the internet have a website, have a social media presence. It's a wonderful way, especially with volunteers, to show appreciation so one of one of the four pillars of of showing a volunteer appreciation is to have shout outs to them on social media or on on your website, you could have like a, a volunteer of the month and, and show their face and say, this is about what they've done. And this is why we're highlighting them this time. Um, I mean, you have to check with them first. Not everybody wants their face splattered all over the internet. But that's that's probably a, a really good way for a, a volunteer organization to use technology, especially because it gives you two things. It not only shows appreciation to your current volunteers, but it shows any prospective volunteers how much you appreciate your volunteers, which which is a really attractive quality for bringing new volunteers in.
0: Absolutely. I I completely agree with, obviously, like, wow, digital, this is what we do. We do web. Um, so completely agree with with making sure you have your website. And, you know, just taking that one step further, right, having... You know, profiles of volunteers, photos of the volunteers, or like a bigger group of volunteers talking about what they do. If you have, um, you know, a volunteer of the month or volunteer of the year, awards like that, you can show appreciation with a little bit of a a gift certificate to something along with that potentially. But putting it up on your website will, you know, get that person, obviously, if they're okay with it, uh, they'll probably share it with their networks right exactly. and get you as as your organization a little bit more brand recognition and a little bit more sharing and things like that which would potentially lead to more volunteers and i with you know the ultimate goal some additional donations in that as well
1: right in, in the the final the final thing that every organization Wants is to move their mission forward. And if that means more volunteers, more awareness in the community, more don't like you said, donations, that sort of thing is huge.
0: For the most part, I found that volunteers are working with an organization that there's some kind of connection to. Right. Whether it's uh, if it was for like Parkinson's research or, you know, like there's some kind of personal connection that they have. They're not just there for the hell of it. And getting them to be your brand ambassador and help get your mission out there and help move you forward is really key to exactly what you were just talking about.
1: Right. Exactly. Your your volunteers are your best ambassadors because they're in it for a reason. They're not there for the paycheck. They're not there for any other reason. It's because they really believe in what you're doing. Anybody who's passionate can share that passion with other people. It, it's contagious. So the happier you keep your volunteers, the better your entire organization
0: will be. 100%. Um, and you, met, you mentioned this a little bit uh, a few, maybe a minute or two ago, is about social media so how how can an organization leverage social media to attract volunteers
1: the way we were talking about just now is is the best way is talk about your volunteers and have your volunteers talk about you tag things have make sure that they have links to to all your social media pages and that they go on and like posts and things like that just just to keep their entire network aware of your organization and what you're doing. And just having, if you post regularly on whatever media site that your people are are listening to or, or watching, it just keeps you top of mind. And then every time somebody has some extra time or some extra cash, you're top of mind, you're there. And you're gonna be one of the people that they think of or one of the organizations they think of whether they want to volunteer or or donate.
0: Yeah, and especially over the last, you know, 2 years with COVID, um if somebody's listening to this in like 3 years from now, hopefully COVID's not around anymore and they're like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that." Hopefully. hopefully. That would be um, nice. But, you know, like it, it, over over the last 2 years, a lot of stuff has been shifting to virtual. People are working remote. You know, have you seen And do you have any insight as to how nonprofits or charities can leverage like a virtual volunteer?
1: Oh, absolutely. I could go on for hours. (laughs) I won't, (laughs) but um, it's huge. I am a um, huge fan of uh, bringing in virtual volunteers because there's so many benefits to it. There's uh, just the fact that now you have opened up the world to volunteering in your organization. People keep talking, oh, there aren't enough volunteers, there aren't enough volunteers. But if you keep yourself really central, well, yeah, you've only have a limited pool to draw on. But if you're, if you're offering virtual volunteer, volunteer opportunities, you've got the entire world to draw from. You've got billions of people. So for example, say if you run a, a, an Indian cultural center um, here in Canada, and you want, you want someone to teach traditional dance, you can go and get some an expert right from India to teach online. Okay, when people think about virtual volunteering, they tend to think about technology skills. Okay, we need a social media poster. We need someone to work on our website. And those are great, yes. But you can do just about anything virtually now. With the technology we have, yeah, you can teach online classes, like dance classes, something that you can actually see. Um, you can you can bring in subject matter experts from anywhere in the world for a fraction of the cost because you don't need to pay for travel, right? you can you can bring in lecturers on on a particular issue from anywhere in the world. It's yeah, it's just amazing. there's just so many things you can do. When I was in Toastmasters as a district director, I had a finance manager, and that finance manager lived in a different city than I did. So we did just about everything virtually. She was my finance manager remotely, right? Virtually. I had a virtual finance manager and it didn't matter. Um, once a month, she'd send me a packet of checks to sign and everything else we could do online. Right? It was so much, it was so easy because then I could get really skilled people. And your volunteer coordinator could be online unless you have somebody have a lot of volunteers that have to be in one place, then, yeah, your volunteer coordinator could be virtual as well. All, most management positions can be. There's, yeah, if you want, oh, I, like I said, I could go on and on and on. But one <laughs> of the things that really makes me fall in love with virtual volunteering is the opportunity it offers for people who... Would otherwise not be able to volunteer, Perhaps they're housebound for any for a particular reason, whether whether it's covid or or maybe they have mobility issues or they're anxious in in crowds and and would rather stay home. These people are people too, and they want to they want to volunteer. They want to help in more ways than just monetarily. And this virtual volunteering gives them that opportunity. it's It's just an amazing. Opportunity for anybody. Every every not for profit should find some volunteers to do virtually because it it makes a world of difference. There, do yes, I sound passionate enough? I can. <laughs> I'll cut myself, I'll myself off now before I just go. a little.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of one of the things that uh, it's important for organizations to think about is making sure that they have a platform that they can leverage to manage the volunteers uh, from like an HR kind of perspective um, in Ontario our high school students, they're looking for volunteer opportunities because they it to graduate. They need to have so many hours of volunteer experience. This really being virtual opens up, you know, they can be anywhere in the world and, and volunteer and get those service hours that, that they're looking for. So it, it, it's, it's an incredible experience for sure. Okay. Uh, is there anywhere specific that you would maybe recommend for organizations to look for virtual volunteers?
1: One of the places I, I suggest is a, a platform called Charity Village, and th- there are in Canada. It, it tends to be the top one, and it's a place where you can post staff positions or volunteer positions. And you and there's it's perfectly searchable by city and what you want to do and all this sort of thing. And it it's it's one that really gets out there. And then just post about it on social media and ask your friends to, stre- to spread it because or your other volunteers to spread it. Because very few of us anymore have all our friends in one place, like in one city. I mean, I I've because of the stuff that I've done, I have close friends all over the world. So yeah, I can, I can spread it to my friends. They can say, oh, oh wow, that's a really good. Deal. Opportunity here. I am sitting in Saudi Arabia. I can help somebody in Canada.
0: So it's and it, it's, and, and it doesn't matter. It, it makes no matter. difference, right? You yeah. you can move across the city, volunteer for the same organization. You can move provinces or states or countries and still provide those volunteer efforts that that exactly. you'd like. It's one thing if you were you know working in a hospital and you were helping people with like a feeding program or or that type of thing. Obviously, you can't do that remotely. Uh, We don't, we don't have good enough robots to (laughs) deal with that just yet. Uh, Just yet. Um, But, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely important. And especially now with people being at home for the better part of two years, being able to have those kind of social connections. I think that's a volunteer opportunity in and of itself, just to connect with people who are part of an organization, just a social check-in like once every few days, Hey, how's it going? You know, and, and just talk about life, even uh, can do wonders for for an organization's perception in the community. Exactly,
1: exactly. And I'm seeing a lot of that happen now. A lot of my clients are are reaching out more, not only to to their clients but also to their volunteers because their volunteers are stuck at home. So if you if you have Volunteers, and you're worried that they might not be coming back when this is all over because they've gotten out of the habit, or, or you're no longer top of mind because they can't be there. A phone call once every month or every couple of months and just say, Hey, how's things going? This is what we're doing here. Sorry, you can't be here, but here's an idea where you can still help at home. Or, anyway, I just wanted to check in and say hi, right? Little things like that can make a massive difference. And like you said, with everybody at home, including volunteers, uh, a phone check-in on on seniors or or people who are in other ways at risk, yes, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. And I'm seeing a lot of organizations doing that now.
0: Are you seeing any trends in volunteering that you think our listeners should be aware of?
1: Yes, there's one big one. I mean, all the COVID and online stuff, That that's in the media all the time. There's one that isn't really talked about that is really affecting us. And I don't think many people are, are really aware of it or aware of what they can do about it. Now, there's two kinds of volunteers. There is people who go and volunteer for an organization, people who work for the Red Cross or or the Kamloops Therapeutic Riding. But there is another group, and this group is growing, that... Are volunteering without being associated with an organization or an agency. These are people who just say they're they're sitting here and thinking, you know, I should phone my the neighbors in my or the seniors in my neighborhood while COVID's on just to do it. So they just take it on themselves to start volunteering. So it's formal or versus informal volunteering. Now, any volunteering is wonderful. You are making a difference in the world and. We worship you for that. But a lot of times, so for example, I saw someone posting on social media the other day about the importance of getting um, cat, your cat spayed or neutered, right? This was this was a big thing and they, they posted it. They were really passionate about it, but they weren't in any way associated with a, an animal shelter or the SPCA or anything like that. They were just, this is something they believed in and, and they just went out and did it. And that's great, unless you are, say, somebody who is trying to run an SBA, SPCA spay and neuter clinic, and you can't get enough volunteers to run it. Right. So you need to be able to, to find those people who are passionate about your cause but aren't volunteering. Find out why, why is, is these are mobility issues and what reason are they not going through. Your particular organization, why are they doing it just on their own? Is it because they have more flexibility? They don't want to sign up for particular hours or whatever. But in Canada, if I'm remembering my stats, I don't have them right in front of me, but 78% of Canadians volunteer, have volunteered in the last year. And that's a huge number. Uh, compared to other countries that I've seen, we are far and above the the most. Willing to volunteer
0: of any kind. Well, we're we're the friendly nation, right? We are,
1: we are, we are a very helpful nation.
0: Let's just let's just build up the stereotype, right? We're, we're the friendly <laughs> nation.
1: But um, that is all volunteers. the The formal volunteers are dropping in that number, and the informal volunteers are growing. And I think a lot of it, excuse me, a lot of it has to do with. With the fact that there's more flexibility, they can do it when and where they want, how often they want, in the way that they want. Whereas if you volunteer through an organization, you may be restricted in some ways. So that's something that organizations need to consider. How much more flexible can you be in what you require from your volunteers or how you require it so that we can, you can keep the volunteers coming? Because we don't want to lose them all to, to informal volunteering, because it, it just makes it too shotgun approach, too scattered. And you, you need, if you want to make a real change, you need to be focused and you need to have everybody moving in the same way, not everybody hitting, going off in tangents. So if we can focus more, we can make a bigger difference. And usually agencies or, or organizations are the way to do that, but only if they're well-run and are flexible with their volunteers.
0: I, I think the, the same is very true for staff as well, right? You, there, there's a certain level of flexibility that needs to come in order to keep um, the staff at the organization that that keep the organization running, that have been there for a long time, and to keep them engaged, really, right. and, and to make them feel like they're still part of uh, of the goal and the mission of the organization. Right. Absolutely. Do you have any suggestions for leaders, for volunteer leaders to get their volunteers to become ambassadors of the organization? Mostly
1: just ask. Um, like I said, most of your volunteers are passionate about what they're doing and and they want to help. That's why they're there. And if you just draw a line and say, listen, if you post on your on your network about us and what we're doing, that helps us. That helps us in a big way, right? Uh, if you just let them know this is how to do it, make it easy for them. Uh, maybe give them sample post ideas or whatever for them to do. Give them something something to, to write. Not everybody's great at writing, but they say, well, or can't come up with ideas or whatever. Just give them a list of ideas. Post about X, Y, and Z this or, or Z this week. And then they, oh, yeah, I can talk about that. And then, and then off they go. So make it easy for them and just ask them. A lot of people don't realize they can do this. Give, give them permission, say, hey, spread our, spread the word. And then they'll, they'll think, oh, yeah, I can do that.
0: Because they love you. That's why they're there. Yeah, and I, I, I say this not all the time, but fairly frequently. You, know, you need to get the inside on side right and just like you need your staff your executives your c suite level right they have to be ambassadors of the brand in the organization spread the message that's why they work there because they care same thing with volunteers right and it, i think it's important to let them know as long as they're not you know taking pictures of of patients or anything like that where there's like personal identifiable information or anything like that have them take a selfie in front of your building and post it. Uh, Or, you know, you know, if you're delivering food, right. Meals on wheels or something like that, right. Being able to, to show, you know, what they're doing, how they're doing it, like, you know, a a day in the life of volunteer. What, what is it that they're doing? How are they helping? Who are they helping? That type of thing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And people like to see more than just a headshot. They, They want to see, That what exactly you're doing, and so yeah, you're carrying a bag of groceries up, up the stairs to, and 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 either someone's waiting there or they are okay with having their picture in the in the paper or whatever. You can tell how old I am. Picture in the paper, picture on the the social media.
0: I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Yeah, you know, like th- that that's exactly it, right? Um, but coming off in an authentic way, right? You don't want it to be like, oh yeah, have the feeling, you know, they hired a the organization hired a photographer and staged things, right? It, it really needs to be real and authentic and and the person who they are and their personality. And then like as an organization, I think it's also important to interact. With those pieces. So, a volunteer takes a, a picture, right? Have somebody in the organization, it could even be a volunteer, it could be the same volunteer. Yeah. Nobody needs to know, like our little secret, right? Uh, they go in and they follow back or they comment on as the organization and try to create a little bit of dialogue around there to create a little bit more, what I would call momentum behind the post to get a little bit more coverage.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Have them go in and do that. Another thing organizations can do is study what makes things go viral and see how you can do that. There's a a wonderful book I've just been introduced to that called Contagious or, yeah, Contagious. I can't remember who wrote it, but it was There's a plug to them, (laughs) whatever it is, even though I can't remember their name. Um, But it talks about why things go viral. And if you just put a little bit of thought into what you do, um, make sure it has emotion in it. Uh, make sure there's um, it, shows, it shows meaning for it. People, people take that and they'll share it and, it. and it can spread like wildfire. And then just make sure it's carefully tied to your organization.
0: Yeah, every it it should be obviously on point, like as as your organization, right? It needs to mm-hmm. be on brand and on message and and all of that. But one of the one of the key things that I see with this is that it humanizes the organization, right? It's right. not just a building. It's not just okay. We help animals, shelters, or whatever whatever it is that that the nonprofit's doing, but it brings like a face to it, right? And right. and really tries to connect on an emotional level, right? Yes. When it you humanizes, with people, it's
1: not. It's not an organization. It's it's people.
0: Exactly. When you connect with people on an emotional level, that's when you're going to really connect with them and get them to understand what you do, why you do it, who you do it for, and then evoke those feelings and and try to get them to be a part of it as well.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Hundred
0: percent. Awesome. This this has been so great. Uh, thank you so much for for being on the show. I've I've picked up some great tidbits from you uh, in this that I'll take back to the clients that we meet with, um, and I hope the people listening have uh, have learned some stuff as well that they can help create some vibrant conversations around their organization and leverage their volunteers, not in a
1: manipulative way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. Like, no. Let's not use them to manipulate, but let's use them to to help become authentic pieces of the organization. Right. Absolutely. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, uh, what do they need to do?
1: I can be got um, reached most easily on my website, which is KarenKnight.ca. And CA because I'm Canadian. Um, and Karen Knight as in K-N-I-G-H-T, like shining armor.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So we're going to have links to your website. We'll put a link in there as well for the book. Um, okay. So we'll get that on there as well. And uh, for anybody listening, just head over to wowdigital.com slash podcast. We'll have this whole uh, episode transcribed with the links, as I mentioned. And we'll see you there. Feel free to post comments uh, on uh, on the podcast episode as well. And yeah, thanks again so much for joining, Karen. It's been great having you on the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. And until the next episode, keep on being successful. Bye. Bye.